As a driven dentist, you see the world differently. Where some see scarcity, you see abundance. When others want to give up, you keep going. You're building an amazing life of significance. That means you can't rely on ordinary advice from ordinary advisors to get to your goals. You want advice that's going to help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and make your dent in the universe. But the fact is, this advice remains hidden because relatively few professionals are well-versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't care to let you know about them. Join us as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families. Welcome to Dental Wealth Nation. Here's your host, Tim McNeely. Hey, welcome everyone to another episode of the Dental Wealth Nation show. And today we're talking about something super important for you, your practice, your family, the people you love, your employees, and that is retirement plans. And by the time we finish today, you're going to know what the opportunity is among retirement plans and how you can set one up that's easy for your practice so you can better control your taxes. You're going to have a much deeper knowledge of what goes into running a retirement plan and the, the roles and responsibilities that you have in sponsoring a plan. But most importantly of all, you're going to feel inspired to take action, not just for yourself and, and your future, but for the people you love and, and your employees to. And I couldn't think of a better guest and someone better to talk about this important topic than Dan Beck, Dan's co-founder of 401Go, a, a modern 401k platform. And he's also a fellow financial wellness nerd. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Tim. Oh, and, and what an important topic. And, and before we dive into this, give me a little bit of your background. You're you're out in Utah, probably on the Silicon Slope somewhere and in yep. 401k business. Like, isn't that a boring business? You know, it is for a lot of people, but we're, we're trying to change that. You know, even the concept of, of like retirement, I think for many is kind of a um, retirement for my dad is very different than what retirement means to me. And so we're trying to be cognizant of not just like what is the function of a 401k and how do we you know make it more accessible to small business owners, but also like what is what can we do with this um, in terms of how do we empower individuals that are maybe just starting out in their career? Uh, and so, you know, we're taking certainly a very holistic view and, you know, quite honestly, a lot of this just stems from, you know, prior experience as a serial entrepreneur, I've started a number of businesses and this was a challenge that I, you know, came across and quite frankly, I was raised in a you know very blue collar household. I was taught to work hard and, you know, to, to save and stretch a penny. Um, but I didn't really have a lot of education around investing or just a lot of financial wellness concepts until I got to college. Um, and, you know, because I was passionate about it, it was something that I would actively seek out. But then as I, you know, started hiring employees and building businesses, I found that, you know, knowledge that I was excited about and, you know, I thought was fairly commonplace it really wasn't. And so uh, suddenly, you know, I, I had these these employees and their families and people that you know i feel some sort of a stewardship toward uh and when they come to me you know maybe asking for like a payday advance or something like that you know i always viewed that as an opportunity to try to help them um try to help them kind of change their relationship with money uh but you know i thought hey there's no better way to do that than to do a 401k with a match because you know for me like it's an obvious yes if, if you know your employer is going to match a certain amount of contribution you should at least max that out 
so I looked to set something up and there just, there, there wasn't anything. Um, and so it was a few years later, you know, I was exiting out of uh, a couple different businesses and just decided, you know what, this is a big opportunity. Um, I bet there's a lot of other business owners out there that are, you know, kind of feeling the same pain that I am. Um, let's see if we can build uh, a product that they would actually use. Um, and I think that outsider perspective really helped because in many ways, you know, day in and day out, I talk to advisors, you know, like yourself and, um, you know, some of the, the industry incumbents about what we've built and um, they're, you know, when we were first working on a lot of people just said, you can't do it. It's too hard. It's complicated. The reason the industry is this way is because that's just the way it is. Um, but not being from the industry, I kind of just didn't listen to that. Uh, and so, you know, we set about building a platform and what we have, I think is very unique and we're excited that, um, you know, people sometimes say how small is too small. Um, they're, you know, one individual. So in a lot of places they, you know, unless you've got 20, 50, hundred employees, they're, they're not really even going to talk to you. And for us, um, all businesses matter, small businesses matter. Yeah. And I mean, that's pretty common in the industry, or at least it was, is most of these plans are geared towards larger plan sizes and the small business really gets left behind, don't they? They do. And, you know, I love that you have kind of a dental focus uh, because the those types of businesses and practices are definitely um, hurt the most by kind of the way that it's structured. And the reason why is oftentimes um, for small plans, because you don't have a lot of employees to kind of defray some of those costs and to get some economies of scale, you'll see really high asset based fees. And those asset fees are going to the record keeper, the third party administrator. And when you look at those 401k plans, who's paying those asset fees? It's, it's the, you know, it's the ones that are contributing the most, it's the dentists, it's the, you know, it's the doctors. And so uh, really a lot of our first plans that came on the platform, you know, once we started building this were, you know, practices like the ones that you work with every day. Yeah. Well, and, and when it comes to the, the, the problems and challenges, what were the things people telling you couldn't be done as you set out to, to build 401 go? I think a lot of it is we, you know, not having any experience um, in the industry. We certainly, you know, one of the businesses we had before was, um, you know, e-commerce. We did, you know, massive volume of transactions. We were selling, you know, 35,000 products on any given day. And those transactions, 99.999% of them were all fully automated, meaning, you know, from product listing to sell and shipment and fulfillment, all of that, like it never you know, a human was not involved. And so we kind of had that same thought that 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 existed within the financial services um, sphere. And it simply doesn't, you know, as I started doing research, we found that, you know, the number, I can't remember exactly, but it's around three to 6% of financial transactions are actually fully automated from beginning to end. Everything else, there's somebody that's, you know, doing batch settlements or sending reports or, you know, papers being passed. Uh, and so the bar in many ways was set so low that when we came with kind of our prior experience of automation and technology, um, it was just too big of a departure for a lot of people. Like, you know, the best way to explain it is, you know, they viewed it as a 10 step process and we're looking and saying, well, why can't we just go one, three, 10, you know, there's all these processes in between that, you know, there are people that are manually doing things. There's, there's platforms and systems. Um, you know, so I, I was listening to, uh, you know, uh, the founder of Ubiquity, um, they're one of the kind of the early uh, 401k providers that that were, you know, going after small businesses. And, you know, their platform, when they first launched, it was connected to like, 
uh, over 20 different um, you know, systems from different vendors. And what that does is it adds cost and complexity. And so, you know, the way the industries approach kind of modernization or innovation or tech is, hey, let's take everything that we've got, you know, steps one through 10 and just make them digital. Uh, they never really think that we can get rid of, you know, entire steps if we have, you know, a, a true tech platform. So we were born in, you know, kind of this, this modern digital age without any of those, you know, those anchors, if you will, of a lot of the legacy systems and platforms, like even finding, a custodian to hold the assets was really hard because a lot of them said, yeah, we're, you know, we're tech forward and we're modern and everything. But then once we start talking to them, these are big old banks that have been around for like, you know, over a hundred years and they don't really understand even what like an API is. And so we were only able to find really one provider that actually had an API and then come to find out, like, as we were working with them, they sold an API that didn't really even exist. They were building it just a little bit ahead of us. And so that was kind of like my first exposure into, you know, some of the, um, you know, just, just how manual financial services are in general. Yeah. Uh, and the more and more I talk to people that have been in the industry, like our, you know, we just hired a new CRO. He's been in the space for over 25 years. And, you know, as he's learning more about the system and the platform, he's just like, I can't believe you guys have done this. Uh, and, and so I really think it's just that, that fresh perspective by coming in and not having any preconceived ideas of how we get from, you know, steps one through 10, uh, it allowed us to just kind of leapfrog a lot of what was already out there. Yeah. Well, and I know as I, I listened to you talk, right, you kind of went technical on some of those things, which is great. And, and my thought is, well, that's nice, but, but what impact do those legacy systems have on the, the dentist, on the business owner, right? Right. What does it matter to them if they're on a legacy platform or a, a modern yeah. practice? Like, like how does that impact their day-to-day -day experience with running their business and a plant? I love that you bring that up. And, um, you know, I've certainly had to pick up a lot of vernacular being in the space. But prior to that, there were things that just didn't make sense to me, especially as a small business owner. Um, and so we built the platform in a way that it's very approachable. Um, and, you know, a great example is yesterday I was talking to somebody who has, a, you know, kind of a combo plan um, and, you know, just talking about the complexity of it. And she was mentioning, you know, Fidelity bonds, this and all these different things that she had to worry about. And if you were to go talk to one of our, you know, a um, couple thousand customers, business owners, and ask them about their fidelity bond or some of these things, they're just going to, they're going to be like, what? You know, they, they have no clue. And, and I liken this to kind of like automotive technology advancements. Um, you know, uh, I remember my dad showing me how to, um, you know, align a distributor and use a timing light. And like a lot of these things, you had to, you had to do quite a bit of work, you know, to operate a vehicle. You got to know kind of what happens under the hood. And, you know, I know for some of my young kids, they'll probably get in the car, push a button and say, take me to grandma's house. Um, and they don't need to understand what's happening under the hood. And that's what we're trying to do with the 401k is just remove all of that complexity. You know, typically you're having to work with the record keeper, you know, who's separate from the third party administrator, who's separate from, you know, the fiduciary and the custodian. And the problem is like they all need to communicate a lot and, and, and especially the record keeper and third party administrator. There's a lot of information that needs to flow back and forth. And when these are different service providers and different systems, mistakes happen. And so um, by eliminating all of that and, and you know, providing a single source solution, already you're, you're, you know, heads and shoulders above anything else out there just because, you know, the other thing too that's an advantage for our clients is that when the problem arises, you don't have three or four people all pointing fingers at each other. <laughs> you know, if there's a problem, we're going to take care of it. 
Uh, and, you know, if you look and, and compare our reviews to, you know, legacy providers or even some of the other, you know, tech solutions that have kind of come on the scene recently, the big differentiator you're going to see is service. And that's really key, especially for a small business. You know, if you have an HR team, yeah, there's somebody who's going to push through all that minutia. But when you're trying to, you know, maximize and build your practice, you don't have time to deal with these sorts of things. And so that's what's, that's what we're here for. Yeah. And I mean, and that's really a common problem with the the legacy side of things is, is this business is inherently complex. There, there's no question about it. I, I would argue it's probably one of the most complex pieces of the financial services because you do have all those parties. And when mm -hmm. there is an error or something happens, you can't get the right people to talk to each other. And, and I found <laughs> most of the time it actually falls back on the business owner. And now the business owner is actually having to become an expert in retirement plan administration instead of doing dentistry. Yes. And, and nobody wants to do that. Yeah, you know, they, they, they obviously want to focus on their practice, even being, you know, a financial wellness nerd. Um, I love the, the outcomes and, and, you know, what we're doing, but like the, the, the minutia and all the little details of the product or whatever, we deal with them because that's our job, but you know, it's in no way uh, exciting. Uh, and so we certainly understand, you know, small employers, number one, they don't want to learn it. Number two, even if they did, they don't want to do it. <laughs> so wow. uh, that's, that's what we're, we're taking over for them. Yeah. I, and then the, the financial wellness piece, right? I, I believe that's so important. And, and, and talk to me a little bit about how concerned employees actually are about things like retirement. Is that a big concern for employees across the board? It is. And, you know, certainly also increases in importance as those employees progress through their career. Um, but one, one really interesting, uh, data element that I like to point out is when we were looking at kind of the existing, you know, 401k uh, industry and how well are they doing, you know, we want to look at not just the entire industry and then also how are they serving corporate America, but like, what is the actual, you know, the, the, um, the outcome for those participants? Cause really they're the ones that are enjoying this benefit. And it's pretty sad that when you look at, um, you know, the, the, the industry, the participation rates for the lower quartile of both age and wage. So those, you know, employees that are just starting out, um, industry average is around 22%. On our platform, we're closer to 51%. And so, you know, a lot of that really is the ability to have a lasting impact. And so, um, you know, somebody who's maybe just out of school and they're 25 um, just starting their career as a dental assistant, uh, you know, whatever it may be, um, they don't have a lot to save. And quite frankly, they're not thinking about it at the time. But if there's a 401k, especially with, you know, auto enrollment, meaning they're automatically opted in, they're 15 times more likely to save with that 401k than if there wasn't one in place. And so what that does is, you know, with any, um, any good habits, really, you know, whether it's, it's exercise or, you know, the gym or financial wellness, uh, it, it's sometimes hard to establish those habits and you have hurdles and barriers. And for us, we looked at it and one of the big hurdles and barriers is just that first dollar. And so with the 401k, we can get that first dollar where suddenly after a few months being at an employer, even if they leave, you know, a couple of years later, there's a, a decent balance there, which for most of, you know, a good portion of our users, this is their first time ever saving. And so now that there's money there, suddenly they're interested, oh, what can I do with this? And they'll start informing themselves and what we find this time and time again where you know you have employees in maybe a, a blue collar environment or something like that who you know the, the financial industry traditionally might just say they're not interested we've gotten them interested hmm. 
Wow. And, and what a powerful problem to solve and really make an impact. And, you know, I've certainly seen this across the the practices I work with where, you know, the plan sponsor, the, the doctor, the owner will set up a plan and we review it a year or two later. And they're really surprised by all of a sudden the amounts that their employees who have never made a lot of money, all of a sudden they've got a couple grants saved. And for them, that's a yep. lot of money. And it's it's a huge win, and it shows them, hey, this is this is possible, and I believe it really does motivate the workforce. It motivates your staff, motivates your employees, and the more secure they feel about the future, the better they're going to be working for you. Absolutely. I mean, if you're showing up to work and you're worried about some financial stress at home, um, you know, most of the time. I have a buddy who's a CPA and you know, he has to do some kind of forensic accounting occasionally where, um, you know, somebody in a small business, uh, an admin of some sort is maybe siphoning off some money. And then, you know, they end up a couple of years down the road with, you know, they, they stole 110 grand from the company. Um, that always starts with, you know, kind of some innocence, meaning, yeah, you know, transmission was going out. I didn't know what I was going to do. So I just kind of moved some money. I was going to put it back later. Um, and, and so those opportunities, those, you know, they go away when you have your employees taking care of, um, you know, kind of their own personal finances. And, you know, the 401k is a great way to do that. Uh, there's also the passage of Secure 2.0. Um, so that passed December of last year. And that's really exciting for us because it's a lot of regulation at the federal level that eases some of the requirements. So number one, it makes it uh, so 401k is much more accessible for small businesses but then also for those employees. So one of the things we're excited about is you can have an emergency savings account built within that 401k. And so for a lot of people, their hesitation to putting money into the 401k is often, well, I wanna have an emergency savings saved up, but it doesn't happen a lot of the time. And especially if it's too accessible, then you know suddenly like a new TV becomes an emergency. Whereas if it's in a 401k, it's a little bit harder to access. Um, then it, it tends to stay there and actually be used for real emergencies. And so we like that, um, it kind of removes some of those hurdles and creates some incentives, um, not just for the employer, but also for the participants. You know, the fact that auto enrollment is going to be required. Um, I've seen over and over again the positive impact that has on employees. So um, we're very excited by the direction all this mo is moving. And quite frankly, a lot of it dr is driven from the fact that Social Security is just it's, it's broken, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a Ponzi scheme in many ways. And we don't know, I don't know if I'm ever gonna see anything from it. And so the best way we can relieve some pressure on that is get people taking care of their finances, you know, more, especially at an earlier age. And so that's why you're seeing a lot of um, activity at the federal level. It's easier to try to fix um, this through, you know, 401ks than to actually patch up social security, however that may happen. Yeah, and I wanna come back to the SECURE Act in a moment, cause it's got some very powerful things in there. And in fact, you're going to share with us at the end how actually the government will help pay for your retirement and your employees' retirement. And I'm so excited about that. There's that there's actually funds available to help you implement these plans. But coming back to just the solution you've built, right? You've relied a lot on automation, which I think is great. I've never seen planned documents and planned setup go so smoothly. But you also solve another big piece of the problem. And, and talk to me a little bit about what typically happens with payroll and running payroll and transmitting payments back and forth when, when these smaller businesses are involved in running a 401k plan. That ever create any problems? It certainly does. Um, you know, and, and I recall 
uh, when we first launched this and started putting businesses on, um, mine was, you know, one of the businesses I had was plan one. Uh, and we didn't have a payroll integration. So I was manually doing that on my own and it wasn't too cumbersome. I mean, it only took, uh, you know, maybe a couple extra minutes every time I ran payroll. But the one thing that we noticed with other employers is a lot of times, you know, they're, they're subject to notice fatigue. They have all these emails come in. And so, um, you know, when you don't have a payroll integration, what happens is let's say, you know, an employee logs into their 401go account and says, I love that I'm saving. In fact, I'm going to, you know, increase my contribution from 3% to 5%. Well, we need to make sure that information ends up in the payroll system so that the proper amount is being withheld so that it can be submitted, you know, at the next payroll. Um, and so we would send a, a notice to the employer saying, hey, you know, because a lot of times, even with integrations, we'll get that information from the payroll system. But because these are older systems, we can't push um, some data back. And so those that's usually one of them is a deferral uh, change. And what we found is it just wasn't happening because these employers, they've got a lot going on. And so we would end up with a situation where, you know, maybe a couple months down the road, somebody found out, hey, the proper amount wasn't being withheld. Now we have to look at, um, you know, making up for lost earnings. There's, you know, there's all sorts of corrective action that has to go uh, to, to fix that. And so what we, you know, just discovered was, hey, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Why don't we go log into their platform for them if the, if the platform won't let us do it through tech and actually make that change for them? So we built out what we call the True360 team. And really the value proposition there is that, again, like if this all revolves around the idea of a small business owner, you know, shouldn't have to have any 401k knowledge, shouldn't have to, you know, necessarily put a lot of time into offering a 401k. And so we've always had a policy of, hey, if there's friction, we want to take it on ourselves. Um, and because then us as an organization, we're motivated to fix that friction rather than, you know, the, the typical approach in the 401k industry is, hey, if we can't do it, just push it on to the plan sponsor, the, the business owner. It's their responsibility to take care of those things. So fidelity bonds, all the payroll stuff. Uh, and so for us, we just decided, hey, we'll build this true, this true 360 team. And the idea is that regardless of the technology that we have in place, we will make sure that that employer's payroll and all those things that need to happen are taken care of. Um, and so they'll typically grant us like some, you know, kind of accountants or CPA type access to their payroll system. And that's enough to let us get in there, get the information we need, make updates so that to them, it, it's it's magic. It's, it's all automated, you know, uh, and in those situations, if we have to use people, we will. Yeah, I, I like to tell people you've done automation the right way. You, you've outsourced the things that should go to to technology, but you've also got the human component where humans should be involved. And with that payroll integration team, it's not just the payroll part, but it's also the year-end filings because these yep. plans require you to get some data at the end of the year. And once again, I see that so often shoved off on the plan sponsor and they're so busy running their practice. And like you said, right, most of us have notice fatigue and we get email after email and these things just get lost in the shuffle instead of just taken care of by a competent team. Yeah. And, you know, you bring up the end of your filings. That's one where I can't tell you how many plans we've won from that, you know, year end filing process getting screwed up. And so some of these providers, they say, we take care of it for you. What that means is they'll fill out the paperwork, but then they send it to you and you put your signature on it um, as the owner. And so, you know, you get this this big document that you really couldn't even understand and you just sign it because your provider says you need to sign this. Um, and what we've seen is some of the time they don't have the right information. And so they, you know, the the whoever the provider is, they will be submitting 
information that's instantly going to be flagged uh, once it's received. So for example, um, you know, going back to a fidelity bond, plans are required to have fidelity bonds to kind of protect those assets. And the industry approach is not our problem. It's the owner's job to get that. But the owner needs to notify the third party administrator, whoever's filing that paperwork, because there's a box on there that needs to be checked. And so um, if they don't have a notice of that, because maybe, you know, they told you to go get the fidelity bond and you did, but you forgot to upload like that notice. Well, they don't have a record of it in their system. So they're just going to spit out, you know, a 5,500 report and they're going to have that box unchecked. And, you know, that's an immediate red flag once that comes in. And so for us, because we are so involved, because we know that number one, we're working off a of very reliable data, payroll data. Um, I guarantee you, you know, if an employee's not paid the right thing, uh, the right amount, or if there's some mistake with payroll, they let them know right away. Like if an employee is, you know, starts working for a company, they get added to the payroll system. They don't always get added to these other third-party benefit platforms. And so by us using that data as kind of like our primary source, we know that we have really good data. And so we actually are one of the very few organizations um, that will sign the 5,500 on behalf of the employer because we have that level of confidence that we're going to take that additional fiduciary responsibility to say, yes, we, we know this plan um, is you know following all the the onerous rules of uh, of the ERISA code? Yeah, right. And it's really powerful because right the the end result for the the dentist for you as the the practice owner is you're able to outsource a lot of these duties to to a competent party because you as the plan sponsor you still retain responsibility, but you want to work with the team who's going to get it done for you and get it done right and not shove everything back on your plate so you can keep focused on dentistry. And, and that's what I love about what you've built and, and why I believe it's so unique in the marketplace today, because I see these problems creep up all the time. And I'm always trying to solve these problems because of the, the inherent complexity, because I want my doctors to get back to running their practice and growing their practice yep. and doing what they love doing. And quite frankly, Man. you know, you bring up another element to uh, kind of our approach from day one is, you know, I'm I'm a technologist. I love tech. You know, the other businesses I built had a very strong tech component to them. And I think it's oftentimes just easy to assume that everybody thinks the same way I do, you know, and that we're all comfortable using digital platforms and whatnot. But the truth is the vast majority of small business owners are not. And that's where we decided look, we're outcome focused. Like there's no point in having a 401k if it's not being utilized and, um, or if it's being underutilized. And so we felt, hey, the best approach is probably a hybrid approach where you have high tech, but then you also have, you know, the high touch of an advisor um, that is there to help with the plan. Because a lot of, you know, saving for retirement isn't just, you know, the, the, the transactions and the mechanics of, of a 401k or an IRA or whatever it is you're using there's a strong behavioral element. And that's really where the human element is always going to win. And we have proven data that shows when we have you know, the vast majority of our plans, over 70% of them have a financial advisor um, associated with them. And I prefer that number be 100. And we try to do that. Um, but we found that those plans that have an advisor attached to them, we see about a 15% higher participation rate and a 12% higher deferral rate. And that's just because we're able to overcome some of those, those hurdles and burdens that just pure technology cannot. Yeah, no, human element is, is so important. In fact, I, I build virtual family offices for driven dental entrepreneurs and the, the super rich, when they're putting together family offices, they're doing it because they want that human element. They want people who understand mm -hmm. them, who are actually there to support their goals, not 
the advisor's goals. And that, that's the beauty of, of that human element is you get people who are actually concerned about helping you. And you see the super rich do it all the time. And this really brings it way down the scale and increases that accessibility. Yeah. Oh, very powerful. Now, Secure Act, right? Very neat stuff going on there. How can I get Uncle Sam to pay for my plan? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. So uh, first and foremost, there was Secure 1.0. This was, uh, I don't know, three, three or so years ago. Um, and what that basically said is, you know, you can receive 50% of your administrative costs back in terms of a tax credit. Um, so this isn't a tax deduction, it's an actual credit. So dollar for dollar. Uh, so pretty big deal. Um, and we saw, you know, that being broadly used, but then, uh, you know, obviously the industry said, Hey, can you, <laughs> can we get more? Uh, and so with secure 2.0, that was increased to hundred percent. There is a cap on it. But honestly, anybody that's using our platform will never hit that cap. That cap's intended more for like those traditional service providers where it's really expensive. So with 401Go, it's 100% of those administrative costs. So number one, like the, the admin costs of the plan, that's taken care of. But then there's also this really exciting part, um, a little bit more complex. But, you know, if you've got a business with less than 50, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, you can have a tax credit for the first thousand dollars of each employee's, um, you know, the matching portion. So, you know, one of the, the staples of a 401k is I put in a dollar, my employer puts in a dollar up to a certain percentage. Well, those first dollars will come from Uncle Sam, you know, in, in the form of a tax credit. So, again, it really reduces those costs for the small businesses. Now, the startup, you know, credits, those are basically the, the 100 percent administrative um, credits those apply for the first three years. So, you know, it's a great period of time. Whereas the, you know, that thousand dollar match, um, that's five years and it, and it kind of steps down over the years. So the idea is it's, it's trying to minimize, you know, a big impact on the employer by letting them kind of ease into, you know, the costs of, of offering this benefit, which still at the end of the day, it's way cheaper than healthcare. It's way cheaper than a lot of the benefits and it's a lot cheaper than going out and trying to find new employees you know it's way easier to retain them um you know census data from uh 2021 uh department of labor shows that uh, employee turnover was 47 percent so that's expensive and one of the best ways to prevent that is to retain your employees and you know simple benefit like a 401k um you know certainly helps to to improve those retention numbers yeah. Well, and cost wise, even before these tax credits, you know, I, I would often find that, you know, the doctors I'm working with high income tax brackets, if they're just maxing out the plan for themselves, the tax savings alone for their personal taxes would actually cover the cost of the plan. So now not only are they offsetting the cost of the plan through their tax savings, but the, the government is actually giving you the tax credits to help offset the fees and once again, that three-year period is so beautiful because it allows the plan some time to, to grow up, so to speak, and accumulate some assets so those hard dollar costs can disappear over time. And, and once again, that's what I find is usually a couple years, the mm -hmm. plan will grow up, have some substantial assets, and you can take those, you know, some of the, the, the additional hard dollar fees away because the plan yeah. is now grown up. So, no, it's Exactly. It's, it's and the, the other thing, too, that we find um, is when – when they get started, the, probably the biggest hurdle is definitely that matching component. Um, and, and so when employers start to, to look at that, some of the time uh, it, it turns them away. But the thing too is money that goes into the 401k has, um, you know, th there's less tax burden on it than if it was just paid as a straight comp. 
Um, and so there's already, again, before any of these tax credits, there's a lot of tax benefits to the employer as they pay those employees in a 401k. Because oftentimes when you hire on, like my wife, she worked for the state of Utah, um, you know, pay was what you would expect at, at a state institution or government institution. But the benefits are always really good. And everybody knows that. And so, you know, when you're hiring on, people are looking at total comp. And so if there's a 401k with a match, that's just part of the compensation. So you're just choosing, do I pay them through a 401k, which is a great way to help them be financially healthy? Um, or do I just pay it as straight comp? If you pay it as just straight comp, uh, then you're going to actually be paying more for it. So it's, it's a, it's always been a great tax benefit, but this has just made it that much, that much better. That's what I was going to say. So what I hear you saying is it was a good deal. Now it's an even better deal. <laughs> exactly. So what do you think the hurdles of setting up plans for most businesses are? Because, you know, you, you probably have more data than I do, but you know, a lot of businesses still don't have plans, do they? No, you're hundred percent right. You know, the, the data, you know, fortunately that's changing uh, quite rapidly. Um, but when we got in this, it was fewer than 15% of small businesses had a 401k. Um, and that definition of small business is quite broad. Like to me, a small business is, you know, like 20, 50 people, whereas government that's like 150. So um, yeah, very few offer it. But what we're seeing is there are 16 states now that have a requirement uh, or, mm -hmm. you know, these state mandates or secure choice mandates that require businesses of certain sizes to offer a retirement benefit. And so, for example, in California, if you have even one employee, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're headquartered where we are here in Salt Lake City, Utah, if I've got an employee remote in California, I've got to make sure at least he has a retirement benefit, he or she. And so that's creating a lot of demand where previously there wasn't as much. And so, you know, that's also helping to, um, you know, kind of reduce costs and just increase accessibility. Uh, so yeah, across the board, we're seeing far stronger demand than ever before. And the number one barrier, I, you know, all day, every day, it's not, it's not cost. We talk a lot about costs and the tax credits. It's the complexity. Um, you know, as an employer, you've got a lot of costs for your office and all these things. And you just kind of build that into, um, you know, your, your business plan, but, the the administrative burden is so hard to predict and to understand um, and, you know, just the stress of, of managing something like that. So complexity is always the biggest concern. Um, you know, when you don't have a, a, an HR team to take care of it, that all falls on, you know, the business owner. Yeah, so true. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it becomes a nightmare to run these plans when they go sideways. And I've seen it. And, and like you, I, I play a lot of rescue <laughs> and coming in and trying to get yes. these things running the, the right way. So no, it, it's an amazing platform. I've used it. My clients have used it. Super, super beneficial. And and really, it it's that ease of use. And and, and that's what I love about it. And uh, Thank you for, for building that and bringing such a, a great solution. So what's next for the, the, the plan business? Where do you see 401 going next? So, you know, we, we're continuing to uh, just find as many advisors such as yourself that we can work with. That's really, you know, we, we built a platform, but we can't do it without, um, you know, advisors such as yourself. So it's about just growing those relationships um, and, you know, becoming more ubiquitous within the industry. But, you know, another exciting thing is some of these big, you know, these massive Fortune 100 companies and insurance conglomerates and giants, they're, they're now coming to us and saying, how is it you're doing what you're doing? You know, like a lot of times you hear about these promises of, you know, like a, a perpetual machine or something crazy like that. 
And so in many ways, they're very dubious. Uh, but now they're coming and saying, and, and how can we work together? So uh, we will continue to improve the product. And a, a big aspect for us as well is knowing that employee churn is you know roughly 50%. We want to make sure that when somebody starts, overcomes that first hurdle, that first dollar, that they can continue saving for retirement, even if they leave that employer. And so you know the rest of the industry just says, look, we're 401k providers. That employee leaves, not my problem. For us, we want them to continue to, to save for retirement. And so we have um, IRA accounts that are being rolled out, you know, within the next couple of weeks. Um, we're adding HSAs, you know, other other products to kind of help with that long-term vision of financial independence, as well as a really robust, um, you know, kind of budgeting and financial wellness tool, you know, kind of those first few steps that people need to get through. It's got some education. Um, you can kind of connect your outside accounts. It'll help you do budgets. And so it's a very powerful tool. And now, you know, the goal is just to get it in as many hands as possible. Wow. So, so really once again, driving, not just the, the 401k piece, but really that financial wellness piece so that your employees, so that yourself, right, you are prepared and that you do have some tools to make even smarter choices with your money. Exactly. And one of the most rewarding things as, uh, as an employer, I feel is really seeing the positive impact that you can have in somebody's life, especially beyond just the paycheck. I mean, the job and the paycheck, that's incredible. Um, you know, small business owners are doing a massive service to, you know, the workforce of America and just the economy in general. But when one of the first company that we put on, um, we had a pretty big warehouse staff. And these are employees that are making 12 to $15 an hour. And I wanted to kind of really test like the full automation of the platform. So I didn't gather everybody together and say, hey, we're launching. This is what we do. We wanted to test like the, you know, the email notifications, the text notifications. So we just let the platform do all the magic. Um, well, you know, again, kind of showing how often people read emails and texts, stuff like that. I had about three months after the plan went live you know, one of the warehouse guys came up and, uh, you know, was talking to me and said, Hey, we, we've all noticed there's like this, this 401 go thing coming out of our paycheck. What is that? And so first thing I did was log into the, you know, the portal as, as the employer and say, I want to make sure they got the notifications and our system does tell them, yep, they, they were notified. So I helped them find the email and I showed them how to opt out. Not a single one opted out because they already went three months and, you know, they're missing what was a relatively trivial amount. But I've since then, you know, been able to meet up with a couple of these employees. One was just two weeks ago. Um, and he's mm. a full on financial nerd, just like myself. And he really said the thing that got him going was seeing a couple hundred bucks in his 401 go account. And now he's, he knows a lot about the industry. He's saving. Um, he was telling me like with his uh, new employer who is also, you know, using 401 go, he's saving like 30% of his paycheck, which is incredible. Um, wow. So, and, and it's just because he got started at such an early age when he was like 21 um, he's he's on this incredible path. And to to be somebody that was able to kind of help with that is really rewarding. Wow. How exciting. Now, and it does. It, it makes such a big difference. And right. It, it does. It, it changes lives. Because like you mentioned earlier, Social Security. I'm not sure I'm going to get one penny out of that. And so mm -hmm. I think it really, you know, depends on us to save for our future and not be dependent on someone else, which is about the most American thing I know. <laughs> That's right. So, well, hey, thank you again. Any closing thoughts before we sign off here? No, 
Um, you know, I, I always like to let people know you can find me on LinkedIn. I love, you know, connecting with others. I try to share, you know, what I, what I learn about the industry and just general tips, especially around, um, kind of entrepreneurship and leadership, those, those types of things as well. Um, and then, you know, we're easy to find, like reach out to, to Tim, you're, you're going to take care of them. You know, the platform and, and that's the recipe for success. Yeah. Well, Hey, Dan, thank you for sharing so generously. I know I certainly have a, a much better understanding of what's going on. I, I thought I knew before, but I know even more now. And so thank you for that. And I, I feel more excited and more inspired to get out there and continue to take action just to try to turn the tide a little tiny bit, impact even more lives and help people build that secure financial future so they can continue to take better care of the people they love support the causes they care about, and really make that meaningful impact in the world. So thank you again for sharing, Dan. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tim. All right. And we'll see you all here soon again on the Dental Wealth Nation show. You've been listening to Dental Wealth Nation. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Join us next time as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families and help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love. Till next time, make sure to hit the website at DentalWealthNation.com. 